What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I'm George Alfredes. And I'm Dave Matthews. And this is What's Next Wall Street. This is a show about winning trades. We want to help you learn about trading in a fun, entertaining, and most importantly, a useful way. So, oh, sorry, my turn. Okay, listen, we're going to talk about all the hot new trending products and services that you'll not only want to use, but hopefully invest in. Well done. We'll also cover (laughs) the fundamentals of those companies to make you an informed trader and make it easier for you to target investment potential. Plus, we'll share our thoughts on where the charts and indicators say a particular stock is going. Yeah, all this information can help you create a tailored trade plan and help you stay up to speed on what's next on Wall Street so that all you got to do is stack stack your gains. gains. (laughs) You can email us over at (laughs) optionsplayers.com or hit us up on social media at What's Next Wall Street with those questions that you've got. We can also direct you to the instructors and experts over at Options Players who dig into the trading fundamentals. Yes, sirs. <laughs> so how about this? The thing is, uh, you can watch this episode on the Options Players YouTube channel, or you can listen to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. So we have some pretty cool crypto punks, right? How much would you sell your crypto punk for? Now, first of all, who else would want my retro frog skin Oakley mini me besides me? Can we even get a bidding war going on that? We should Doubtful. try it. We should try it. Well, how about you? How much would you sell yours for? Let me tell you something. I guarantee you, unlike this Canadian crypto developer who goes by the name of Rashid, I would definitely sell it for millions of dollars. Now, this guy bought this crypto punk for about. 45 Ethereum, so about 83,000 bucks. And for some reason, everybody wants it. So blockchain company POAP offered 2,500 Ethereum. That's $9.5 million. Richard said he wouldn't sell it for a billion. Why would you ask? I mean, why wouldn't he? You're supposed to say why. (laughs) Oh, why? That boy's crazy. He should sell it and move to the beach. (laughs) Hello. He says that, you know, he's diamond-handed with this crypto punk because his brand identity and what he's building in the NFT space is going to be way more valuable in the long run. So, you know what, Dave? Call me old-fashioned. But I'd have to take that chance and bet against my brand in exchange for $9.5 million. Actually, 
That would be betting on myself because that would mean that I made an incredibly smart investment and I tupled my initial investment to the gazillionth degree. I mean, you know what I do? I take 100,000 of that, 100,000, not 100,000, 100,000 of that $9 million and spend it on an amazing piece of artwork from, say, Picasso and put it in my foyer, right? Yeah, exactly. How about buying some art you can look at when your battery isn't dead or your screen isn't cracked <laughs> exactly. on your smartphone? Or take this, 28-year-old Eva Balin. She posted a meme about Bitcoin and Ether, which the meme lord himself, Elon Musk, reposted. Mm. After the stamp of approval from Elon, Balin then listed the meme as an NFT and sold it for about 20000 yes. bucks. a couple of days later. Now, is that entrepreneurship in the digital age? Hello. I think so. I think so, too. So MasterCard will still give soon give cardholders a choice between redeemable points and digital currency. Ooh. The credit card company announced Monday that customers would receive cryptocurrency, which will give them a digital asset that can grow or shrink in value. Okay. CNBC reports MasterCard will also give customers the option of converting existing airline and hotel points to Bitcoin. Oh my gosh. Wow. Mm, that's okay. probably what I'm going to do. Today's pro tip is brought to you by optionsplayers.com and make sure your trading plan is based on supported by and tested with facts. Traders have a tendency of being emotional. We're all guilty of this at some point and that's falling in love Yeah. because gosh, we're human. So after a big win, there is a tendency to get away from what made you successful. Now, because you become overconfident, don't be that guy. It's a trap. Try not to fall into it. Let facts and actuals in the form of numbers guide your next plan and follow it just as you would your last play had been a loss. Mm -hmm. We hope this tip will avoid unnecessary losses and invoke great trading habits moving forward. This is the part of the show where we get to hear from you. You can always hit us up on social media at What's Next Wall Street or email us at wnw at optionsplayers.com. Email number one comes to us from Sarah in Toronto. Sarah asks, what are the benefits of opening an IRA account? Well, great question, Sarah, and one that everyone should know about. You see, IRA or individual retirement accounts allow you to currently deposit $6,000 per year and not be taxed on those funds. Now, this amount changes every couple years. So keep up with that maximum amount. If you use that amount to day trade, there are no pattern day trader restrictions on IRAs that have a value of more than $25,000. So you can go in and out of stocks with your trades without any taxable restrictions. Mm -hmm. However, frequent trading in a cash account, typical for IRAs, can lead to violations of the two-day trade settlement rule. So you probably want to check with your broker for more details. Opening and contributing yearly to an IRA account is recommended and should be a part of your wealth building plan. I've been doing this for decades to stack my own gains. Yeah. Question number two comes to us from Alicia in Clinton, Maryland. She asks, what is going on with oil and will it continue to go up? Good question. I just want to know um, how long I'm going to have to pay a billion dollars at the gas pump. But let's talk about oil. Actually, let's ask Greg Krause, lead instructor at optionsplayers.com to talk about it. Hey, Greg, what's up with all our oil prices going to continue to surge? Um, I think for the rest of this year, they probably will surge. Um, 
and then it, it's just a normal economic curve, right? So um, the supply is less than the demand, and so the price goes up. Now, oil is a little bit different than most goods because it's so regulated by the government, things like that. So in a perfect world, if there were no regulations, if something cost, if you could sell, let me find something around here. If you can make this right here for a buck and then sell it for $10, you would do it, right? Mm -hmm, so if course. I this, say this is oil, if I can get it for a dollar and sell it for 10, there's everyone's going to go get oil. Uh, but now if it takes me a dollar to get this and I can only make two bucks, less people do it. So that's just basic economics. You're going to have more people get into it. It costs a lot more to drill for oil here in the United States, but then you have all these regulations. Um, and then you're going to have natural gas prices that are going to go up during the winter when um, heaters are being used instead of ACs. Um, so I do expect maybe a increase in fuel prices initially, and then maybe a little tapering of it uh, um, into the next spring. Um, but that's without inflation. If inflation keeps going up, uh, we might see it pretty much stable here in the mid three to low four dollars is what I would expect. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Don't Greg. Don't be buying gas in California. That's oh my gosh. Saying. Can you imagine? So listen, if you've got a question, we can answer it or we'll find someone like Greg who can. So hit us up on social media at What's Next Wall Street or email us at www.optionsplayers.com with your questions. So Georgia, you probably pay attention when artists are dropping new beats, right? Yeah. Well, you are on a morning <laughs> radio show that plays some music. I mean, yeah. But what about an album inspired from 1827? That's right, the early 1800s. Wow. You see, a bunch of nerds from Carnegie Mellon, Rutgers, and Cambridge Universities took the sketchbook notes from Beethoven's unfinished 10th Symphony and digitized them. I love it. I don't know if you realize this, but his last and formerly final 9th Symphony had those Badass hits like Ode to Joy, by the way. Oh, that is the joint. <laughs> so the nerds for this album reconstructed, then built an AI GAN, or Generative Adversarial Network, which okay. is how AIs learn, and had it listen to all the prior symphonies he did, as well as the current hits from other composers of 1825 to 1827. You know, the time period right before he died. Wow. Then the computer AI started writing music. Now, at first, it didn't understand what a flute versus a trombone did sound-wise, so that's when these pesky humans came in and fixed the score, and that's the musical orientation of the notes, and presto, there you have it. A new album, new album. 250 <laughs> years in the making, was formed. Wow. Now, German telecommunication giant Telecom in Bonn sponsored their local orchestra to play it and debuted the video on their website, as well as all your favorite streaming services. So search for Beethoven X, which is 10, on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your music. It's pretty good, but critics say it lacks Sir Ludwig's true dynamic range of crescendo buildup that he was known for. But I love this story Look because this. who would it's have so thought cool. an album would be 250 years in the making? It just makes me crack up because ABBA took a break in 1982 and they just got back That's together right. this month. Oh my gosh, funny. <laughs> Day, we're shopping again, right? 
So hopefully the darkest days of the pandemic are behind us. I keep saying that. Come on, go away. Uh, but we're all being super careful because it's not over yet. However, we are getting out to restaurants, traveling, and, you know, just all of this. And we're opting out of those lived-in sweatpants and T-shirts, although... If I'm really trying to figure out how, you know, to continue wearing my sweatpants and maybe just add a high heel, I don't know, but I digress. So either some of us can't fit our pre-pandemic clothes or we just want new stuff because, well, those skinny jeans that were in when the pandemic started back in 2020 are so two years ago. Okay, really 2019. Yeah. So wait, I'm, I'm glad I never bought those skinny jeans because I just missed that whole fad <laughs> altogether. <laughs> okay, so with spending making a comeback, apparel retailers may be the underrated investment industry. Okay, according to some experts, consumers are more comfortable shopping online and in boutique or department stores rather than malls. So what does that mean to investors? It, it looks it means I'm looking at retailers like The Gap, which, of course, includes Banana Republic, Old Navy, Athleta, Intermix, not to mention The Gap's deal with rapper Ye. Okay? Um, who? Ye. You know, Kim Kardashian's husband, Kanye. He changed his name legally, Ye, so we got to call him Ye. Okay. And we know how important celebrity influences can be. So yeah. Yay in the yeah, gap. Important. Yeah. Plus everything is personal for me and somebody's always getting something from the gap for Christmas and the holidays are just around the corner. So there's that. Also Revolve. So Revolve, by the way, just had their third quarter call. So Revolve isn't as well known as Gap, but it's a popular retailer for millennials and Generation Z consumers. So Revolve also includes Forward, which is more designer focused. Also, these are not brick and mortar stores, all right? They are strictly online, but younger consumers are completely comfortable shopping that way. Whereas Gen Xers and boomers want to see and feel their items. So hopefully Greg is still here and he'll agree with my sentiments. Is retail stock a go or nah? Well, retail stock um, probably has more room to grow because unlike all the um, online stocks that have just out of this world evaluations, retail was kind of kept in check. But now you take Revolve, um, you know, it's even gone up um, since uh, earlier this year, um, probably doubles where it was at for the pandemic, which we know that they don't have anything really to support that most likely. Um, but as you said, uh, some generations are a little bit better with computers, but that generation is also more likely to purchase thrift um, uh, from thrift stores and things like that because of the environment mm -hmm. and all the other uh, non-waste. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these other companies that have some uh, some positive environmental impact or anything like that might see an increase to their brick and mortar, while if it was online, probably not going to be doing that so much. So it's kind of a human behavior question rather than a uh, an economics question. Um, and let's just say women's fashion. I don't really know much. About <laughs> I can't believe we actually, yeah. he literally we stumped the chunk. Yeah, that was, <laughs> wow, Greg, that's a first. Hey, Georgia, have you bought things off Instagram? Yeah, I, I actually have bought tons of stuff. I get stuck and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to have, but my husband's worse than me. He's yeah. way worse. I'm like, Where'd you, what is this box? I got that off Instagram. It's going to be great. Still in the box. <laughs> as he says, shut up. It's true. Do you do it? Uh, no, I've never bought anything, but I, I do use it as like some of those ads. I'm like, wow, that's pretty well targeted to my likes, which is just like cars and oil or something like that. Wait. Or water let, parts for up. the boat. You've never bought anything off Instagram. Nope. nope. 
most of my stuff comes from eBay. And like Greg was saying about the thrift shops, like yeah. eBay is my ultimate thrift shop because I'm always trying to fix some old yes. computer or old car or an old boat. boat. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, Instagram must love me because I'm like, how do they know I needed that? Oh my gosh. I got to get it. I got to get it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Too funny. All right. Well, we want to thank Greg, lead instructor at Options Players for being here with us today. And um, I'm glad we could stump you, Greg. Yeah, that's a first. <laughs> hey, remember, if you've got questions, we can try to help you answer them. And we'd love to hear from you. So make sure you email us at www.optionsplayers.com or you can hit us up on social media at What's Next Wall Street. You can, of course, watch episodes of What's Next Wall Street from the past over at the Options Players YouTube page or listen on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your lovely podcasts. Please subscribe, hit the yes. like button, ding the bell, all or that, whatever, all, all that, that junk. Hey, I'm Dave Matthews. Hey, I'm George Alfredes. See you next time on What's Next Wall Street. And please share our show with a friend. It will make you look really cool and smart. <laughs>